Hello, Cyclocross friends, and thanks for tuning in to episode 292 of Cyclocross Radio. On this show, we are talking about Hama and Besançon, the two final tune-ups before the World Championships this coming weekend in Hogerheide. We also uh, take a trivia quiz that you all can participate in. So get your pens and paper out now and, and get ready to answer some cyclocross trivia. And yeah, that's about it. Keeping it short here because I'm about to get on a flight to, to head to Belgium for, for the World Championship. So um, yeah, next time you hear from me, I'll probably be there. If you haven't done so already, head over to WideAnglePodium.com. Check out all of the other podcasts we have available on the network. Hit the donate button, become a member, support the shows that you listen to, and help us continue to do what we do. All right. It's episode 292 of Cyclocross Radio. We've got Michael and Zach in the media pit. We're talking about Besançon, Hama, and the World Championships. And we're doing all of it right now. We're back in the media pit. Got a lot, a lot to talk about today. We we have the Besançon World Cup. We got Hame, and then we have to squeeze in all of our world's talk as well with that coming up next weekend ton to get to ton to get to i i don't i don't even know where to start michael um any any more races down there uh yeah i've got races coming up i mean gravel season is here guys it's january we're, we're going full blast in the south i will say that it was so hot today i had to take off my pants and put on my shorts but don't worry folks for the club ride this saturday it'll be 40 degrees so love the Bar mitts? <laughs> ah, forty degrees, not bar mitts yet. No, nah, no. Nah. Yeah, how did that? Uh, how did that gravel race go? It sounded like it didn't go so hot. That was literally the worst experience I've ever had on a bike. And, was it like? Uh, was it like forty-two degrees? I mean, it must be terrible. It was like forty-five and wet, and I was completely soaked. And it was, um, it rained like all night before, and then it rained that morning. It didn't rain for the race, which is great, but the gravel just turned to mud. So it was a three and a half hour cross race. And, you know, like I, I love a good 45 minute muddy cross race. And if you're not feeling so good, you can just step over the tape and your race is over. But this sort of out and back gravel race, I was just kind of stuck in the shit, uh, until I finished. Um, and, uh, my, my cross bike, I had to take it to my buddy who works on bikes because I had no brake pads. Uh, the chain is shot, uh, every hub and nook and cranny is uh, covered in sand and grit. So, yeah, that's that. I thought gravel was like less of that and more fun. Like where I, there was no spirit there at all. For can me. I can I just throw out an idea here? Yeah, just don't go. <laughs> okay, stay home. <laughs> I totally agree, Zach. Next time, like I'm there's an, I'm doing a race in February. If those conditions happen again, I am not going at all. Hell no. I had to do it once. I had signed up. I was like, I will try it. I was hoping that the roads would drain well and they would be sort of be still kind of relatively dry. But no, not at all. Absolute disaster. People, people go out searching for its spirit and sometimes it's right there at home. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It was the bandit cross race we did the next day. So... 
Zach, all of the all the road teams and the mountain bike teams are all announcing new signees and you know transfers and all that kind of stuff. Any do we are there any are there any like uh, Zwift racers out there that are making their way to uh, non fake uh, bike bike racing? I highly doubt it. I mean, there was Jay Vine who won worlds last year, who's a world tour guy now and is like winning world tour stages. But no, I mean, I would say the gen, it's a general, a good amount of like infighting about who's cheating and how they're cheating and how try the new thing is to try to find is to buy as many trainers as possible to find the one that reads the highest and you send the rest back, which is a new innovation. In I like the trainers are like the forest. And then I feel like the tree is just like old fashioned doping that nobody really cares about. Like, you know, switching out blood and all that kind of stuff or microdosing EPO, which I'm sure is going on in the Zwift world now because you can make money or, you know, just online racing. Nobody cares about that. Right. But it's just like faking your weight or getting a trainer that's, you know, fixed somehow. I, I, this, it's, it's an interesting where, where we've gone. Yeah, I actually posited that question on a recent episode. I'm like, what's to stop me from just literally doping? And they were like, yeah, don't don't do that. But I'm like, they're like, you can get a lot more gains from just like hacking your trainer sim signal and adding 50 watts to it than you can by doing EPO. Really? So I think that's... I don't know about that. I mean, I, like, people are getting caught for doing that stuff. Is there any is there anybody coming to your house when you're Zwifting and testing you at a competition? Well, that's 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 what I was going to ask. Like, how far away are we from WADA starting to you know you have to if you're a professional online bike racer that you have to like go into the system, go into the whereabouts system. Well, that was part of doing Zwift Worlds last year. I think they uh-huh. actually did have to go into the system. It was like a whole thing. Um, so yeah, but I mean, that's only like for worlds for the rest of it. It's the wild, wild west and you can do whatever you so want. So it's just the guys going after the big money, uh, Zwift grand fondos. I want to point out for all the roadies that listen, Jay Vine did win tour down under just a few weeks ago. So looking sharp. Should we, uh, start with. It's <laughs> some cyclocross. <laughs> I mean, I can talk about how much we have to squeeze into this hour and, eh, you know, we'll talk about everything else, but that's okay. That's, I think that's what people, uh, come to expect from cyclocross radio. How about, uh, Hame? Should we talk about a little bit about Hame? I think we can sort of get through this one pretty fast. Maybe, maybe just what did we learn, Michael? What did we learn from Hame? I don't know. Did we learn anything new? I think we, I think things, I think uh, previous suspicions or uh, thoughts or leanings are towards who is looking strong for worlds were confirmed by, uh, I keep forgetting this. Wout and Femme are teammates. Yeah, I, I always remember that uh, Femme and, and Voss are now teammates. But so Yumbo Visma wins Hama and then Alpacin Dekoinik. No, no. What is it? Yep. Is it? Okay, it's Alpacin Dekoinik wins um best on song i thought that was kind of interesting uh with the two the two hitters for um for worlds on each side but ha- what we learned to hama is they switched the course and you go to the wicker man section first didn't like that <laughs> so you would say you would your your suggestion would be to switch it back next year yeah i, well, I mean i I, did, I i felt that like that sort of twisty turny is a super fun section to ride and, and certain riders can really nail those turns and and some don't and we've seen uh 
that uh, comes at the end of the of the, the lap, it sort of provides for a good section for someone with the skills to make the gap there, drop the rider or someone else to close the gap there and put it at the beginning. It's just not as entertaining. Here would be the things that I learned. First thing I learned after I, I did, I gave Yumbo Visma a hard time for not being a professional cyclocross team. I still think that they should do that. Pay the 1400 euro, whatever it is, become, get that, you know, on, take care of that. What I will give them kudos for is that they wasted no time. And this is, this doesn't always happen, but it sort of tells you how far Cyclocross 24 has come in just the, as a, a good resource that people respect in, in the sport is that Femme already has her new headshot updated with her Yumbo Visma kit on Cyclocross 24. So they had their, their marketing people went out there and made sure that that, that was there in their system. So kudos to that, just one for the team and two that the site gets that respect. What I think that the one takeaway that we learned from this race, and I like your sort of input on this, Zach, Ailey Ezerby seems to, seems to be coming strong for worlds. Is he back? I didn't want to say it. I did. I was leaving that up to you. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I will have to say, I think like we, we changed the way we do things. We overreacted to Ben and Dorm because all of the riders were there. Um, but this one, you know, I think provides a little bit more interest. And I think Jeremy Powers even alluded to this on the broadcast on Sunday. He's like, they're, they're, they're showing some gamemanship by all going to different races. And they're just like leaving us with these questions, you know, and these, these battles uh, between these two riders. But yeah, I think there's a lot to digest and it might've actually been an interesting weekend to overanalyze because none of them were actually competing against one another. Uh, but yeah, our, our guy Ezerbeat is having a little bit of a resurgence. I mean, and maybe that's what it takes, right? I mean, he was injured, kind of got to the point of writing the season off. I'm sure he took some time off and, uh, now he's riding really well and has really nice results two weekends in a row. So I, you know, maybe he'll do it. I, and it won't be his first podium finish though. I think the thing that still just kind of boggles my mind is that Sweck has not finished on a podium, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit, but, um, yeah, I, maybe he's back. We'll see. I, all this talk about Sweck being elite and we never even talked about that. So let's, let's bring, let's bring Sweck back off the elite podium until he can get on the world's podium. Let's let's add another hurdle for him to jump over. So winning the World Cup isn't enough for you. I'm in, just in I'm your... just saying that I like this conversation and I think that we need to make things harder for Sweek and the fact that we missed that. You know, we just can't let We that... just we we just think that much more of you, Lawrence. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh Anything else we need to talk about? Should we move on to, to Besançon? I think this might be a quick conversation as well, Michael. Sorry, this is not going to be quick, but I, this is okay. So last week we talked about Femme. Um, she was signed up for Hama, and I was like, I think she's going to tr- try to win out the rest of the XTO series because she was leading. She was 45 seconds down. I was like, that's that's oh, good point. Yeah, that's a good gap. Femme can make up that gap. 45 seconds. Anyway, she wins Hama. By over a minute, she's like over a minute 45 over Brand, who was the one who was leading before the race. Post-race, she says, she, she puts the gabash on it. She says, like, I'm, I'm not racing anymore. I need some rest. I'm hoping she wins world. And she's like, you know what? I got I to gotta fly the jersey. But I was trying to figure this out. Like, so at X2O, it's a time-based series. 
Um, if you miss the race or you DNF, the most you can lose is five minutes. And per we, race. Yeah, per race. And this is what we think. We're, we, you know, we're trying to figure this out. And earlier in the season, she wasn't doing a lot of X2O. Um, and so I was like, how did she... How did she go from she didn't she didn't do two races so she's down 10 like 10 minutes. How did she end up then being a minute in what 15 seconds up in the general classification? Like how does Let's walk through it. How does that work? I don't know, let's walk through it. Do you have the standings? Yeah, yeah. All right. So here we go. So in the standings, Femme is currently leading Listen to Brand by a yeah. minute and 2 seconds. And okay. we know Let's go back Go back to that first race. All right. So, Kabenberg. Let's see. So, Kabenberg. Uh, Why is it always default to the men? All right. CX24. <laughs> um, Fem Van Empel wins 52 seconds over Denise Betsema. All right. So, she's up 52 seconds. Yeah. And, and it, this is kind of funny. We had this conversation before we started recording how, you know, kind of seemed like they weren't doing any of these races in the early season. I think what's kind of swayed it is that there were a lot more super prestige races and that right, Zach, and they really weren't doing those. Yes. I mean, that could have been it. My, my theory is just looking at the results that maybe femme kind of changed her plan after the, she missed all those races due to the injury. Cause like before she had only done Copenberg, which makes sense because she's a climber and it's Copenberg. And then she had only done World Cups with the exception of like the early season races. So that's my pet theory. But to your point, still very true. There were many more super prestiges. Again, the X2O is the weirdest series ever that you have this big time gap that you just sit on for like a month before you go race again. And actually, it's like most of the races have happened in the last few weeks now. So All right. So after one after one race, she's up 52 seconds. Then we go to Koitrick, Urban Cross. She sits out. Uh, Mariana Voss wins that. Um, so she should be down. So she's down. Well, six minutes. Spoiler, where's Lucinda Brand? Because that's who she's chasing. Lucinda Brand finished that race 54 seconds down. Okay. So if she loses five minutes, she really loses like four minutes, right? To Lucinda Brand. And then she won that first one by 50. So it's, we're at like three minutes. And Brandon, Brand. I mean, Brandon didn't even do the first race. Oh. Does, so she's two minutes ahead of Brand. Okay. Ah, and then okay. And check check my math on this, Zach. Does that sound right? We're <laughs> we're gonna have to get someone. <laughs> Jan's gonna Jan's gonna check us out on this one. But let's so okay. so we go to the third race. GP Sven Nice yeah. in ball. She wins that by two minutes. So I think by that she's up four minutes. Where's Brand? Brand is two minutes back behind her. So. Where are we at now? Yeah, so 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 four minutes. Okay. I think she's four minutes up. Okay, we go to her. Completely Her-en- wrong. No, Herentals, she didn't do that. Okay. So she's, so she's, she's one one minute down. One minute down. Brand uh, finished twenty seven seconds back to Puck. So she's thirty seconds down. Coxada, she gets second, but she finishes a minute ahead of Brand. Thirty seconds up. Hama. She wins a minute. She wins a minute and forty-five seconds over Brand. So, by my math, and this is round, bad rounding, it's like two minutes. What's her, what's she up? One minute. One minute. Okay. So okay, that, 
still pretty solid. Pretty solid for a podcast. I mean, you know, it's about from a We're law talking guy. And, but uh, it seemed it seemed like it seemed like. If you're just thinking about it, it seemed like she would be that. I, when we first heard this, we thought that she was like 10 minutes down because he had missed all this race. As it turns out that she hadn't. And then the person that she's chasing also missed a race. Like if Brand hadn't done had done all the races, then I think it's a different story. Right. And she has her work cut out for her. Isn't the isn't the first prize like 30,000 euro in X2O? Or is that super prestige? Or is that both? I think it's all of. I think it's both of them. They both have pretty good paydays. So, so, is it worth it to you then to to sit out these other races and kind of give away thirty thousand euro? If Yumbo's paying you, I got enough money, I suppose. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think that's sort of an interesting question. I mean, with, that we wondered that with the way like they had their schedules this year. I mean. That's why if she doesn't. If she doesn't do the other three, then she's down. She loses fifteen minutes, and she's not getting any payout. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I think that I, I could, I know she said she's going to rest, but I just, there's two other races left. She could, if I'm, if I'm Femme's accountant, I'm, I'm, I'm asking her <laughs> to reconsider. Yeah. Right. All right. That's Hama. That's all I got. I think. I'm I'm still just disappointed that you did not do. There were no MC Hammer puns, and you did not do Hama time. <laughs> a little disappointed. We, I mean, that really was Hama time. We sort of had to uh, check the time of that one and figure out how it all worked out in Fem's favor. So we move over to Bess on Song, and it really, yeah, like you were saying earlier, Michael Alpeson basically held serve. Right, the other the other two favorites you got Vanderpool taking this race by. 49 seconds. It was kind of funny. Uh, we we're uh, texting. I was texting with Michael while this was going on. And um, I think we were three laps in and he was like, oh, I'm really surprised that, uh, that Vanderpool hasn't just, uh, you know, attacked yet. And I was like, hold that thought. <laughs> Cause like, as soon as you said yeah. it, while I was watching it, he was going and it was just, it was nothing. It was just effortless. It was, it was like, okay. Uh, well, you know, Grandpa was from uh, France, so I'm going to give the the French fans something here to to cheer about and make it a race for 25 minutes. What? I was going to say effortless. I mean, it was it was a thing to behold, and I mean, he just he did that Vanderpool thing where I was just thinking I was rewatching the highlights, and it's, it's amazing. Like the guys at that level, the writers at level, they can do that sort of like max, you know, VO2 even more like zone six effort. But then they can, you know, take a, you know, 10 second recovery and they get back to threshold. Right. And so it's just like that ability to just put the hammer down and make the gap, stretch the elastic um, and then keep at pace. And you've got the gap. And it's just it was it was it was I my my prediction was that he was going to do it at the beginning of the race because Watt wasn't there. He hasn't been able to dominate like he had. And this was a good opportunity for him to, you know, do it. it that, well, you know, who was going to chase him down? But he sat in, um, and I don't know if that was just who. Who's a good in like the tour? If you look at Yumbo, you have whoever your leader is going to be, Vindegar, let's say, and then you have like Wout, who's there pushing him and Sep. But who's the guy who's like in the you know 10k to go on the climb, who's just destroying himself and then just blows up and goes backwards. Well, like someone like Hessink or uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, you know, Rohan Dennis would probably do that. Yeah, Kevin Kuhn was Hessink. <laughs> 
he was out there like it was the last lap on like lap five, just destroy, crushing it, just all out. And Vander, this is why I say effortless because Vanderpool was just sitting there like, "Yeah, buddy, you're looking good, Kevin. Way to go, keep it up, nice pace, good job." And then he just like left him. Right. And it was it was all over. And then Coon ended up seventh. And and Kevin's place, huh? Good for him. Yeah. I mean, you saw and when when Vanderpool attacked, he to the speed that he went up that hill, and then they cut back, and then there's Ellie making the move to try and stay. But it's like they're at slow mo; they're at half speed. It's 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 insane. I was, I guess, I was just shocked by how strong that move was because we haven't seen that. I mean, like you said, it was vintage Vanderpool, and like I, I was just curious, like. How would Wout have reacted to that? You know, because I was like, oh man, he, you know, this season, like you look even at like Benidorm, he just looked tired. Like he wasn't able to do that. And I was like, oh, maybe it'll, maybe those guys will recover a little bit. And they didn't, they didn't recover. So I guess, you know, I mentioned earlier that this, these races, them being apart, gave stuff to certainly fodder for uh, the grist mill as we talk about worlds. But it's like, if Vanderpool's that strong and if Hugerheide is like not that muddy, like, and he can do that? Can Wout follow that? I don't I don't I don't know that he can. Like that was really I don't know. It seems like the trip to Spain has done Vanderpool in his back well because he he looks better. Uh, I, I agree, but I also don't think this was much of a test for his back because Besson's always just this like super smooth. It looks like it doesn't look like it's very bumpy. It doesn't look like there's a lot of stress. You know, you got like that one off camera other than that. You're carrying your bike up those steps, which he almost I mean, he could have like wrenched his whole back on that, like the last time up those steps. But other than that, it seemed it didn't seem like one of these like he's really has to struggle through. You're right. Like there's no mud, there's no like hard sand sections. It's just like go down in your road position and 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 power on. Here's my question. Do we have to give Ailey Ezerbeat some sort of primetime award here? And is he the only one that did this? How many I I he's the only one that sticks out to me who actually went to Hame and also to Besson Song. I think Pim did. Okay. Some of the Trek guys did because I, I was looking up Pim's Instagram. Um I think Yoris, right? I mean Ailey Ailey was scheduled for a podium at this race. He was. Just if he didn't have that chain malfunction. Yeah. No, I, like you said, that's, I mean, it's, he's, he's looking good. He's, I can't wait to read uh, Zach's post about who's going to finish third at Worlds and see if Ellie is getting any mentions because he has been, like I said last week, he's been trying to, he's racing like he wants to get talked about on the pod. I, really the most important metric uh, that one can race with is wanting to, to get mentioned <laughs> on the, on the podcast. And that's why sw- and Sweet got second, so I mean we got to we'll, we'll, we got to give a shout out to Sweet getting second. Yoris with a with a strong third, um, and you know what? The one thing I wish I would have said in the chat, Bill, was that Venturini would have made the podium because he was so close, and he was racing he was racing so hard in front of the home crowd, and it wasn't just like glory time. He was he was smashing it. He was up there. He was in the front. Like it was great. He was giving the home t- hometown crowd a show. Yeah, he wasn't soaking it in like Steve Chanel, who was, uh, <laughs> yeah. to his credit, was uh, was enjoying his final lap. It was good. I, that was the I, I I did enjoy, and I thought it was a classy move at the end of that race by Marcel Mason, who came up pretty fast 
to catch uh, Chanel and at one point even like pushed him in the back to get him to continue pedaling because he's like giving high fives with like a half a <laughs> lap to go. But he didn't pass him. I mean, that, that was a cool thing. He was like, I'm going to let you have your time to shine here, but let's keep going and get to the, at least get to the finish. And then even down the finishing stretch, he, he fell back some and just let, let Chanel sort of take it all in, which kind of, to me, looked very, um, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers post-race uh, press conference, um, not saying it, but saying it, maybe this is the last time, or has he actually said that this is his kind of like hanging it up after i assumed he was i mean he's my age like i can barely walk anymore and so i just assumed that he's <laughs> was done but i don't know i thought that's what jeremy said on the broadcast but okay. it, it certainly looked like that i just didn't i didn't know for sure but it yeah. certainly looked like this was a this was a final farewell and i think he he did a nice job taking it all in i think i think people appreciated that i think with uh going back to lawrence Sweck. I think that Lawrence Sweck with the World Cup already kind of in his back pocket was kind of forced into, oh, I guess I can race and do well in this about halfway through this race. And there was one point where that group just was not going and he was like, fine, right, fine, and just went to the front and just kind of broke up the group a little bit. And then I think him and Ailey were uh, fighting it out. I think Ailey was probably stronger or more motivated on the day, but then had that mechanical and there was even a point after the mechanical where Swex like looking behind him and like, what happened? Where'd everybody go? All I could think about Bill was, was your, um, your gumshoe diaries of Sweek last year, you know, putting out the cigarette and be like, all right, I guess I'm going to race. Cause that, I, you know, that's what I looked like. It was both Sweek and Ellie were sort of just hanging back. Cause we had like a big group racing and both of them had, teammates sort of up there like trying to be up with Vanderpool in the beginning I thought that's look at these guys they're like it's like kind of done we're kind of resting before worlds and then yeah it's like okay the group did come back well I am the leader (laughs) I guess I should go Uh, and there's still money on the line I can make a couple bucks if I actually put in an effort for a lap or two and and then it paid off anything else uh, since it seems like oh you're a uh, new house, really nice. Um, getting that third place, you know, of course, shutting out Ventrini, but a uh, good finish for him. Anything else worth mentioning with this, with this men's field? Should we move on to the women's elite puck? Kind of just doing a Vanderpool, same sort of thing. I don't think anybody was really in her league in this. Well, she in gave this us race. that like hot second um, of intrigue, like. I yeah. was, uh, I guess I was, um, I, <laughs> she didn't seem to like the, the, the ease with which she just made her way back to the front. It wasn't like an, a crazy amount of like passing a million dudes all at once or whatever. So I, I think that she was pretty rust or felt pretty confident that she was going to be able to get back to the front of one, that one and just kind of like took her time. And then when she got to the front, um, just kind of. I mean, kind of rode through and right. Like it was it Inga who was with her for a hot second yeah. and she just kind of dropped her. So yeah, I mean, it just kind of like showed the disparity in like the talent level uh, with her ability to do that. Yeah, no, I mean, she, she dropped, she dropped, I think she was 20 seconds back and uh, she was like in 17th place and in less than a lap, she was already off the front. Um, I believe solo or with Inga. 
Just she's she's just doing the on the fly New England McCormack start when she's you know training for worlds. Yeah. It's like we're just gonna hold you for thirty seconds, let everybody go, and then you have to catch them and pass them just as in a little extra training. Totally piece. not insulting to your competitors or whatever. So I mean maybe that was like maybe that was a conspiracy. Maybe that like they messed up her chain or whatever to get it to to drop and you know, they were like, "Ah, oh, you need to to train a little hard. We're gonna just put your chain so it might fall off on this little section. Then you have to come back and get in the uh, get back in the race." Oh, uh, I I have a I have a tinfoil conspiracy that I wanted to I forgot for Hama because Shireen raced Hama, and this is completely tinfoil. She's like, "Let me just let me just let Fem just get that gap a little bit bigger." That way, I'm going to U23 Worlds. You know, I, I don't want to muddy the waters with doubt for myself or anybody else about if I could beat Fem. I'll just, I'll just let that gap open a little bit, and then I'll, then I'll go real hard. And okay, aluminum foil, tin hat, foil, tin foil hat off. I like it. I like it. Just, uh, just sort of a self-imposed governor there. It's yeah. like, hey, you know, let me just sort of not get people against me for, for, for wanting to f- complete the process and uh, get all the steps. Good. I like it. Zoe Backstead, fourth place finish. Nice. nice. Uh, I think that it's it's interesting looking at how that, you know, talking about that, that U23 race, and we'll yeah. talk about it more, but this was a, this was a nice little preview because, I mean, I think the – the rider that maybe we've overlooked a little bit, Marie Schreiber, also having a, a great year, came in sixth place, two spots back on on Backstead. But I think that that's probably the um, the fight for the podium. Anybody else we're missing out on on that U twenty three women's category? If we're sort of slotting Shireen, not to get not to like jump the gun on our world's talk here, but uh, Shireen, the favorite for sure. Yeah, I, I think I think you know, Lene Berkier second at at um, European Euros um, hasn't in the kind of head to heads versus the rest of the Zoe. I think Zoe's kind of has the lead right now, so I feel like she's not on the the best form. I, but I think that's yeah. I think it's I think it's Shireen Zoe Schreiber. Berkier, sort of your top top four. Is that four or three? Um, to get down podium there. Yeah. Speaking of worlds, should we should we move into that? I have some trivia. Do you guys want to play trivia? I have like a yes. lot of trivia. Let's play. Let's 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 play the the um the 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 segment on the show. I like to call Michael beats Bill in trivia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, do you guys, you guys, all right, so I've got a bunch, so I think we should write these down. You guys, grab a piece of paper. I've got a bunch of questions here. Yeah, what, what, what am I, what am I writing down? Your answers to each of these. Okay. okay. Posit you a, a series of questions here, and then we're going to everybody, have... everybody at home do this too. Yeah, seriously. Get out your, get out your pen and paper. If you're driving, okay. pull over, put your phone down. Okay. All right, so we'll start with the uh, we'll start with a well, maybe maybe an easy one. I don't know. Head to head, Fem Van Empel, Puck Petersa. Are we writing this down, or we want the answer? Well, no, you're gonna write it down, then we'll go over. Okay, we'll see who okay, gets more right. okay. Okay. All time. 
Uh, this just this season. Oh, just a season. Okay, that seems easy. Do I need just a just a? This is binary, just puck or femme. Yeah, I I limited these to all binary. Like there were okay. some that could have been like up in the air, but I I eliminated those because that's just I hated. Was that like the SAT that did that where it was like ABC or like multiple of the above? Yeah, I hated that. Uh, question two: What is the margin between the two of them in their head-to-head matchup? M- meaning what? Uh, uh, the the person who is the, ahead is ahead by this by many how many? Wins. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, third one: Who has a higher OPP this season, Marie Schreiber or Zoe Backstead? Hmm. And again, OPP is on podium percentage. Uh, I should note that I excluded uh, Worlds. No, 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 Nationals. Sorry, Worlds hasn't happened yet. I excluded Nationals. So, um, but then included if whichever of the Euros race that they did, because I that's what I did last year. All right. Uh, the fourth one, now we're getting to the fun ones. Who had a higher OPP this season? Lucinda Brand, Celine Alvarado, or Denise Batsuma. Ooh. You were asking for that one, Michael. That I mean that's 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 a good that's a good I'm just I'm going gut on all these. Just first guess. <laughs> well, that's part guess. that's part of the fun, right? Is like we have these like <laughs> vibes. We have vibes that we've been feeling of how this season has gone. And then yeah. like sometimes sometimes they jive with the actual numbers, Reality. which I think is really the fun part of this. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, we have like vibes, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's see. That was number four. All right. Last one for the women. This year, uh, Blanca Vosh, I think, is a rider uh, that uh, – this is kind of a trick question. Uh, Blanca Vosh, uh, down here, right? We were like, ah, what's what's going on? So this year she had two wins, 25% OPP, and a 63% wide-angle podium percentage. Who is the rider who had one win, 29% OPP, and a 50% wide-angle podium percentage? May or may not be a trick question. Really resisting the urge to go to CX twenty four. Wait, so you're saying who is a rider who has one win? Yeah, twenty nine percent OPP and a fifty percent wide angle podium percentage. Two possibilities, both probably wrong. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So that was five. We have less for the men. Uh, fun one. All time head to head. Swack against Mikey V. Ooh, that's a good one. This is all, all of the time. All right. And then uh, second to last one. Wins this season. Ezerbeat, Swack, Mikey V. All right. And the last one. This one is the... <laughs> They're separated by four points. Four percentage points. In order from greatest to least. OPP this season. Swack, Mikey V, Ezerbeat, and Vanderhaar. Damn, I almost did a head-to-head of Mikey V and Sweck. Darn it. 
Wait, you said greatest to lo- to least? Sure, highest to lowest. OPP. OPP. All right. <laughs> All right. Answer's locked. No yeah. phone. I was, that was like the one, the trivia, like the 15-pointer at the end that you <sighs> just like gnash here. All right. None, none of those were easy. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the first one, Femme Van Apple and Puck. Femme. I said Femme as well. By how many? I said two. Wait, what was the? Oh, I said three. It was one. Ooh. All right. Okay. Bill's ahead. Should we stop? Should we just stop? Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm calling it. All right. Oh, so closest, uh, and he doesn't have to hit it directly. Okay. Well, no, you're off. You're you're off, dude. I mean, if you had both tied, I would have like uh, six to five. Actually, six to five in the the head to head. And I think what's interesting is I'm I think three of the last four have gone to to Peterson. Yeah. Is it a, is it a trend? I don't know. Uh, number three, higher OPP, Marie Schreiber or Zoe Backstead? Zoe. Schreiber. Uh, Bill is correct. Ooh. Uh, 5%. So one podium finish. And let me try to find which race. Zero for Zoe. Really? Uh, Not even one? Lewenhout, Marie Schreiber, second place. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I remember I took out Nationals, so Nationals was out. Okay. Um, yeah, that's probably what that? I'm thinking. I mean, wait, hang on. She won a race. She got second oh. in a French race. Oh, yes. Also, I only counted the Belgian traditional races. Sorry. Uh, I should have noted wow. that. Wow. Okay. So you're giving me a point. Sure. If you it's, want a point. It's tied, right? They both have one? Uh, Fans, what sure. you, listeners, you but that's agree not with me? that's not going in. The, that's not in the Stebar metrics. The Stebar metrics don't have random French races. Random French but races. But I did not know. I did not know this off the top. All right. Anyway, all right. Good circle stuff. on that. Number four. Number four. OPP brand Alvarado Betsima. Prime time. Betsima. Brand. Ooh. 52.6%, 50 for Alvarado, and 44.8 for Betsma. I was going to note, too, in the discussion of the uh, X2O, Betsma's done all six races, and she's like four minutes behind. I think that, like, she's having a tough year. It has not been a good year for Denise Betsma. Do, all right. I mean, th- her falling at the stairs at Besançon is sort of a <laughs> metaphor for things. It was. All right, number five, uh, Blanca Vosh this year, two wins, 25% OPP and 20, 63% wide-angle podium percentage. One win, 29% OPP, and 50% WAP. Who was that rider? I said Betsima. I said Voss. Blanca Vosh last year. I told you it was a trick question. Oh. What you get out of here? <laughs> no, but like, <laughs> Bill, we, we thought that she was having one. the worst year, and like, her numbers right. are like. Gotcha. Okay. I see what you're saying. All right. Yeah. That was a trick question. That was more like a trivia. I like it. All I right. like it. I like it. Okay. All right. All time. Swack and Mikey V. Mikey V. Swack. Sweek. Yes. 179 to 165. Come back. All right. Two more to go. Does that include the French races? That's just all time. (laughs) (laughs) I just pulled up Cyclocross 24 while we were in the green room. (laughs) All right. Number seven. Wins this season. Ezerbeat, Swack, and Mikey V. Mikey V. Ellie. Ellie Ezerby. Yes. Six. 
Mikey V losing the Nationals one, so he's down to five. It would have been a tie. I was actually glad that I made that decision because otherwise it would have been like, ah, oh, it could have been both. All right. The last one. Open oh, with games. Nationals? He ties. Yeah. Six. It was 6-5-5. Nas- five, five. Nationals is my French race. <laughs> oh. uh, did he say that before, though? Well, that, that one's always hard no, for me it's for fine. the, it's fine. For the yeah, metrics Michael, because, Michael like, that. like, Dutch women's nationals count. Dutch, you know, like, the Dutch and Belgian nationals kind of count. But, like, some of these other ones, it's like, eh, you know, like, Blanca Vosch, like, probably won by eight minutes. So, all right, the last one, OPP, Sweck, Mikey V, Ezer Beat. Oh, I just gave you the answer. And Vanderhaar. Oh, was that answer. was the order? Oops. <laughs> what was it? Sweck? I had Sweck. Ailey, Mikey V, Sweck, Vanderhaar. Yeah, like Sweck, backwards. V, Sweck, Mikey V, Ezerbeet, Vanderhaar. Bill, we had the same point. exact I got, order. I got one in three. Yeah, we got one in three reversed. 59.3, 57.1, 56.7, and 55.2. So, yeah, they're all there. Uh, if your answer is who's going to finish third in the men's and women's race, I mean, the answer is it. who knows? Right. <laughs> who knows? The subtoppers are competitive. With each other. <laughs> All right. That was fun. That was good. Thanks for, for playing yeah, along. No, thanks, Zach. Yeah. I like trivia. It's fun. Would do uh I won. It's so as bad as I thought I would. Did I do I get a bar <laughs> tab? What's the deal? What did I win? <laughs> yes. You, you yes, bringing me back absolutely. a bobble hat or uh DJ Benny mix C D? See how it goes. <laughs> I'll bring you back some freets. Yes. Or just some mayo. I'll bring you back some uh You if you brought me some Sazen Belgian gel shots, I would I would be so happy. Nothing like a squirt of mayonnaise mayonnaise during dur- the mayonnaise during a ride. All right. What do we want to do here with our our remaining time with with worlds? What do we think, first off? We're sort of, you know, we 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 have the venue. We have Hogerheide, which is a, which is a pretty classic race. I saw some people saying, it, you know, I think Zach responded that every world's uh, people complain that it's too boring, which I I find is interesting with this one since it's a it's a known entity. It's right. not, hey, we're gonna plop down in a Swiss airfield and have a world championship, or you know, it's it's something that that we know, and it's a a known race. I think a iconic race, and I think a personally i think it's a it's a it is a good flowy course that can have good racing on it that does have some features which can make or break a race especially especially in the ending and then what we found out just today because at first if you look at the course map there are no planks listed on the on the course map Traditionally, the planks are in this kind of long field near the VIP buildings about, I'd say, in the last beginning of the last third of the race. They've moved them almost to the last quarter of the race, sort of the beginning of the end of the race. So you have your planks on a little slight uphill that you then turn right, go up a hill, and then you're at the top where the apartments are. You drop down the big descent. You go up the stairway to heaven, stairs to nowhere, whatever you want to call it. You go across Alvarado 
off camber and then you sprint for home. So it sort of adds another, I think, tricky decision point before that you have to successfully complete before you get through the other hard stuff right at the end, which is, I think is a pretty cool placement and, and something that is going to reward riding, which could play a part in both the men's and women's field. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, if that's the case, that sounds like that's Puck Peters's music that is playing. I mean, I like to, I, I like, uh, Benidorm kind of had that with the exit, but I think like the more you can put planks on an uphill with any kind of uphill, I think just makes them super important. I know we were talking about like iconic features, uh, the other in, in the Slack channel. And I was gonna be like, you know what? Like Tabor's planks are actually kind of iconic because it's uphill and it, it is a huge detriment to not be able to hop them. And the same thing is actually true at Trek too. Like they have that exit where I think Yolanda Neff used to just hop and ride away from people. So um, yeah, I mean, the way you're describing it, I think that's, that's great. And it adds a little element. And I think we're seeing with the elite women's field that, you know, Puck Peters's hopping ability is a huge benefit to her. And I, it'd be awesome to see where it'd see it make a difference. You know, we saw where Anique Van Alphen won a racer this year by hopping the planks, but it would be pretty dope to have the world championships, you know, kind of like a sign of where women's cross is going as if it does come down to those two and it plays a, a huge role. Cause I, I think it's not out of the realm of possibility to assume that it's going to come down to the last lap between those two at this point. Let's not forget way back at the beginning of the year, Femme Van Ampel hopping the barriers at Fayetteville. I mean, so like we haven't seen her do it too much uh, this season, but I'm sure I feel like they'll probably be bigger than they were at Fayetteville. Um, but who knows? But to Bill's point, then that's like, it, that makes it that much better. Like, does she bust out that skill? Right. Does she focus on it? Does she kind of put like the crash behind her and then be like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this thing. And it really adds that like gamemanship to it. So that'd be pretty sweet. And I think Audrey has already indicated they, they will be full to the max 40 centimeter uh, planks. There's, there's no, no mini planks on this, this one. <laughs> but it's also, I, I think that if it does come down to that, it's like, yes, there is an opportunity for more separation at the end. But if they do stay together and somebody does come off of that downhill first, it's a long enough, unlike what we had at Benidorm, it is a long enough finishing straight and it is an uphill finishing straight. I mean, it's not a you know, severe climb, but at least it's something that you need to work to get to the finish that we could see some actual sprints coming through there, which would be pretty cool. I think, and that's that's one thing too, is like thinking about Femme and Puck when they sprint against each other and offhand, I feel like Femme has the advantage. Um, I don't know how often they back. That'd be kind of a interesting stat to look at is that when they go head to head in a sprint, who is usually winning? I mean, I can, I just, I always think about Flamenville last year. I think maybe that was Femme's, you know, that's what I was trying to, that's what I was trying to think of. Yeah. Yeah, That was the the castle. I was like, what is the castle in the background race? Right. Exactly. So yeah, I, I would love, man, that would be so cool to have it come down to a sprint between those two because they've, I mean, it's been their season. You look at the wins this year, you look across the series, uh, it's 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 Puck and Femme, and um, I don't know, I'm pretty pumped. It's uh, It was interesting watching Besançon and to see Worst come across in second and just think, wow, you know, there's Worst, but, but a few years ago was, you know, just about to be world champion, and here she is sort of fighting for that best of the rest uh, spot 
and how things have changed so quickly. And I was like, what's like, what's going to happen in, in, in two more years? I don't know. Um, so. Yeah. And I, I guess uh, built to your point about like the course too. I mean, I think that our, the position of this podcast is that racers make the race. And I think, you know, we saw that like Benidorm, like nothing spectacular about that course, but phenomenal racing, you know, Fayetteville, I think if, if they had like taped it narrower, I think it was a little too open. Like there weren't enough pinch points to make it super interesting. You know, we got some just kind of drawn out sprints, like the Voss against brand, like halfway through the race, you're like, all right, we know where this is headed. Um, but you know, like a tighter course that's done well. And that, you know, if it does come down to that last lap, it's really about the quality of the racing and those, those moments in the race, all these things build that you're describing of like the features that may or may not matter, um, are really important. So, I don't know. I guess I just, I guess I'll be on record as saying I just find the discussions and I don't think it happens as much. I think we were more obsessed with the idea of what a world's course was supposed to be like, say five years ago. Um, so, but I, I always find that kind of talk a little, a little tedious. Sorry folks who were complaining about it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's the, it's the same thing, you know, we didn't really get it this time, but it's always, you know, we didn't get the, uh, the GoPro, the flatten out everything GoPro. This looks like a boring course uh, preview because there's, there's just too much history at Hogerheide. So you're going to have to just go on what I guess you didn't like about it over the past two decades. Well, I can't wait to see Puck's uh, preview lap. I uh, know. I'm looking forward to it. All right. So since we've talked a lot about the women's, should we just go into go into some picks for the for the women's? I can yeah. um I can I can sort of prime the pump here with. Uh, should I, should I go through what the, we asked our Slack channel on the bulletin, what their picks were. And I can, I can sort of give you a little, like just rundown of what the, the consensus seems to be in there. I think we are, I think 80 to 90% femme taking the win. I think we got two pucks in first place and then most have, Puck in second with a couple brands in second, coming in second, brand sneaking in there for second place. And then a mix of Femme Puck and then Brand in third or Alvarado in third. I will give kudos to Chris Bennett, who's just going all out with the Lucinda Brand, Femme Van Empel, Alvarado in third. Like he's 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 predicting bad things for uh, Peterson. Wow. So I like when I, I, I if if you get it, Chris, man, that's the that's that's a. I told you, you got to find pick. you got to find the odds that you can get on that parlay, man. That yeah. Win play show. Go find the Belgian betting site and go put your credit card information. That weird cryptic whatever. You might lose all your money, but like take that to Vegas, baby. Whatever the equivalent. What was the equivalent of Vegas in in Belgium? Unlike American sports, well, I guess American sports are like this too, because now FanDuel and everything else is part of the major sports leagues. But there is an official, if you go to the the world's page, there is an official oh. betting um, parlor or whatever um, s- service can I, for the for worlds. Can I bet from here or do I need to use a VPN? Like, how does that work? I don't know. Check it out and let us know. Yeah, report back. I mean, I bet, I bet Tim, Super Rookie, knows how to do it. Bill, it's funny that you asked. borrow some borrow some crypto from Tim yeah. and and lay down some bets. I'll just sell my outside NFTs. Um, and uh, yeah, all right. Well, I think though, I think we should pick the winner and the best of the rest. Third winner and third. I think we should do it. Okay, unless you guys are going to be bold like our friend Chris and just. No, I'm good with that. 
Michael, did we? Did you want to say something before we pick here? I, I want to say that I have some actually I have some hard data here. I did a poll the same time you did the picks, and Fem sixty one percent to thirty eight percent over Puck. So I'm feeling a lot of people are kind of are leaning that way towards Fem. So well, I'll, I'll pick first. Well, and our. Uh Wide Angle Podium Partner Organization, Roller Derby. I think last time when I checked this morning, uh, Fem was at three to two and Puck was at five to two. So they were, um, but like still like eight to one for Alvarado maybe. And I'm like, ah, that's uh, not bad. I, I want more money than that. If I'm putting on Alvarado, I want more than like eight to one odds. Yeah. Like, have you seen the season? Like True. I was thinking it'd be like 50 to one. <laughs> That's that's worth ten points right there for a fifty to one. That's yeah, worth for sure. In. All right, who's picking first? Oh, I thought you were picking. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm picking Fem. I said, who's I, your who's your show, or who's third? Wow, I just show. wait. It's win play show. Yeah, hang on, so, I have I wrote right. it down somewhere. Prime time, baby. Alvarado, she's the best of the rest. All right, I'll go second. I'm going puck. For the win, based on those uh, based on those planks, and uh, Brandon third, or yeah, Brandon third. All right, I I mean I think I pick Puck every time because she's still a ginger, and even though my hair is going gray, I am ostensibly a ginger, even though no one agrees I am. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I I don't know. It's it's almost like she's the underdog. I mean, we're describing she's the underdog. It's like this rider who's won all these races. You know, she's won I think it was like nine races or something this year, and has been so good. Um, hundred percent perfect OPP. She is an underdog <laughs> for worlds, uh, which is kind of surprising. So go with her. And I was going to pick Brand. I think that it would be a good story. I mean, she had a lot to overcome, and she's been racing well. So I'll go with uh, Brand as my show. All right. Hop over to the men's. Who wants to jump? Zach, start us off for the men. Oh, man, that's tough. I really want to overreact. Um, I, I'm going to pick Vanderpool. Take Vanderpool to, to win Worlds. Home course. Uh, they t- they're already talking about renaming it after him if they can get the funding uh, in the future. So going with Vanderpool. You know, all this talk about like the bad calls in the NFL games and the, the refs are throwing it and whatever. How can you have your father design a course? That that shouldn't he sort of absolve himself from this world's course if his son is racing? Anyway. Uh over on Twitter, it was a wow route, seventy-seven percent to twenty-two percent. Uh people folks picking Wout. And look, I feel like wow, the numbers say him, the fitness. He's got the star power. You, but you look at Vanderpool and you think he's the kind of guy who could pull something out, especially on the course designed by his dad. But I'm going wow all the way, sweeping third. Couple things. <laughs> First off, Eagles deserve to be in the Super Bowl. <laughs> no ref did anything to change that. <laughs> <laughs> second i think it was a couple years ago it's in the video i did on hoger Haida, uh and who knows but vanderpool is very adamant that if he tells his dad that it'd be better if a turn went left his dad will go and make that turn go right 
So, so if anything, I think Audrey's like, I don't want to think, th- I don't want anybody to think there's anything favoritism. If anything, I'm going to go against Van uh, Machu's uh, strengths in this, you know, maybe he'll go towards David's, but he didn't make the team. So Ooh. I guess we will never know. Uh, uh, anyway, so I, I don't know, take that with a grain of salt. Regardless. I, like Zach, I'm also picking Vanderpool over a wow. Look at this. We are we're going against the trend. Even the 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 CXR Slack, I think, was 90% wow over over Machu. So uh yeah, I'm I'm going Vanderpool. Are we doing a are we doing a a, a third place in this one? Yeah. Yeah, I pick Sweek. Oh, you pick Sweek. Uh I almost want to say wow, but I'm gonna say um Ooh. I, I like uh, that. I like that. Yeah, I'm sticking with Wout. Yeah. Wout third. Okay. Okay. I forgot to pick mine. I'm also going with Swack. Like, he needs to do it. I, I think that... Right, Ailey's was... getting second for me. Ooh, okay. wow. <laughs> wow. Wout. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I always talk about, like, right? Like, sport, cycling, it's about your moment. It's often about moments. And I think this is clearly the best years of Swack's career. Like... You know, in the past, every single year, you know, like clockwork, he has excuses for why he did so poorly at Worlds. He had last year, he was complaining. I remember after like uh, Bielas, he was complaining about flats or whatever. And Falkenberg, it was got stuck in the mud or something like that. It's just always something with that guy. But he's been so good. And this has been his season. I think that he's just on the best form. And this is his moment to get a Worlds podium. And I think he's going to he's going to deliver for the people. I like it. All right. Uh, I I don't know that we need to go through the rest of the categories unless y'all really want to. As far as picking those, I think I think are we all locked in on the women's U twenty three race for the winner? Yeah, I think so. Anything you else? You sound worth? resigned there. You sound disappointed, Michael. Well, I mean, I wanted her to. I I think the U twenty three race would have been better maybe without Shireen in it, um, but. Yeah, I think she's going to win. Why wouldn't you she? think? Maybe. I mean, I think that was pretty. It's pretty well established that that was the case. I mean, I don't know. Like, this just seems like I. I tried to like do like a parlay of famous upsets. You know, I remember I said I said like David versus Goliath, <laughs> and, uh, the Miracle on Ice, and then also uh, what I throw. Oh, Hickory High. Because thinking about Hoosiers, but like I mean. Van Enroy is like the overwhelming favorite for this race. And it just seems like something would have to go like very wrong for her to not, not win this race. I think that it would be pretty shocking. North Carolina state Wolfpack. It's the one. I Jimmy remember. V. Jimmy V. Uh, okay. The, yeah. The one race that I, I am really, in, I think the only, the, the other race that I'm, I'm really interested in is the women's junior race. I think, I think could be exciting with, uh, Laura Mullengraff as we talked about, and also the, the Holmgren's out there. I think, uh, that's going to be a, a really nice, um, a really nice battle and one, one worth watching. Well, you know, who's coming in hot to the U23 men is Tebow. Yeah, that's, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like his results, like no one is really getting the results like at the elite level, but he's won four of the five U23 World Cups and he didn't race the other one. I mean, he was perfect. And then I, I think another Tebow and Tibor <laughs> was second, Del Grosso from from the Netherlands. So I, I don't know. It just maybe not the I, that one kind of like snuck up on us last year. I felt like it was like 
we didn't know very many of the riders, you know, you had riders that we didn't know very well. And then one of them ended up winning. So I don't know. It'd be cool to see Tebow get the, get the dub in the U23 men's race. Well, my pick, I, I just, I, I said at the beginning of the year, David Haberdings, he's going to win. Are the you U- doing it? U23. Yeah, baby. He's coming. <laughs> he's coming. Michael, I like your consistency. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Don't forget his eighth at Tabor. Okay. In the elite race. Let's let's not forget that. Bodes well for Andrew Strohmeyer if that's what you're going with. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Americans, I'm picking AJ August to win the men's junior. Nice. All right. Uh, should we get to the just uh, close on the, the, the only race that matters for yes. the weekend? Friday's uh, relay race? Yes. Yes. I'm very excited for the relay race. I looked at the start list and I thought it was the start order. And I got super excited looking at who is going against who, but you guys informed me that's not the actual start order of the relay team. That's just the teams. Um, but I don't know. There's some fun names on there. We got Fan Van Ample racing for the Dutch. Well, that's this is the thing. So it, last year in Fayetteville, the relay race was a test event there were no jerseys on the line i know there's a lot of people confused about this event now i always try to point them to the uh mountain biking version of this that happens at the world championship that people take really serious like the swiss win and nino's out there racing like everybody wants that world championship jersey which they will get this year it is a real race with real jerseys that are going to be awarded go back to fayetteville the dutch were like Eh, test event, no thank you. We're we're good. Uh, we don't have a full squad here. Whatever their excuse was, they just didn't want any part of it. I think that was some other nations too. It ended up, I think, that Canada and the U.S. both had two teams in there just to fill out the field. Not a problem this time. We got, we got 10 squads out there. It's going to be on Friday. Sadly, it's not going to be broadcast. Uh, so... You won't be able to watch it as far as I, I know on TV, but um yeah, we'll have uh we'll have photos of the of the event for you as it goes down. But yeah, you're looking at it. I think the the team right off the bat that sticks out is is the Netherlands. You know, Vanderpool's not doing it, but he's got Ryan Camp in there, the men's elite. Uh Tibor Del Grasso, there were the the aforementioned Tibor uh for your men's junior. Um no men's U twenty three for the Dutch. So they're sending two juniors, two junior men, Gus Van Den Eaton. But then here comes the strength. Women's elite, Fem Van Empel, women's U23, Leone Benfeld, women's junior, Lauren Mollengraf. Yeah. Who, who, who's given them, who's given them a run for their money when you all are looking at these, uh, these rosters? I mean, my answer is probably no one, but, uh, Italy snuck up and won it last year. So I, they seem like kind of a dark horse. They raced that really well. And they do have uh, Silvia Persico as one of their one of their riders. And I think that, you know, she's a dark horse to finish in that third spot on the podium again this year. But I don't know. I don't know. Looking at the rest of these. Uh, Canadian team looks pretty good. You got you got both the Holmgrims. You got uh, Magley Rochette, Ian Ackert, um, Vanaham. And Evan Russell, I, I, make it make it do pretty good. I'm curious. How, I'm only curious on how the uh, they decided on the last spot for the the elite men for the Belgies, and how did it end up being Swack? Is he like, is he like, this is my chance? Is is he hedging his bets 
on a podium finish at Worlds by throwing his hat into the ring for the uh, Belgian relay squad. Yeah, I mean, Lauren, Lauren Strong, uh, Joran, do, do, do we have a ruling on how to uh, pronounce Joran's last name? <laughs> why sure? Why sure? He's sure, been, sure, why, why not? Sure. Antoine Jammin, nope, I haven't really heard of him. We got uh, Mary Norbert Riberol is your women's elite. And interesting, so the interesting one, you got Julie Browers, no floor moors in the women's junior, which I find really interesting because she was the she was ending up on podiums in World Cups. So I get I think she's kind of maybe maybe there's some truth to some people not wanting to to do the event and save it for the race, but that's that's kind of a that's kind of surprising for me because I think that would would have been a strength of that team. Yeah, and for the USA team, I think we've got was that four of our six are national champions. So pretty in terms of uh, putting our best foot forward. I mean, the US team is Curtis White, Andrew Strohmeyer, Dan English, Clara, Maddie Monroe, and then uh, Vita Lopez de San Roman. So that is, I mean, that's that's a really good team, and you know uh, that the Americans are are putting out there. So. Yeah, uh, GB, actually a decent team. Thomas Main out there, Joseph Blackmore. I think if you looked at those um, national trophy races in the UK, he was winning a lot of those and up there with uh, guys like Main and also Cameron Mason. Uh, and then you also have Anna Kay for the women's elite, Zoe Backstead, who's really your ringer in there at the uh, U23, and then Kat Ferguson. But... I, I, it's tough, tough to go against those Dutch. I think it might be a route. I want to know, guys, going back to the American team, I want to know your order. Tell me how you would play this race. I, I'd almost, well, do you start with Curtis? Do you let him go out there first? Good. I would say, well, I have an idea, but I think you, I think you start with your second fastest and maybe leave your fastest for the end, if you think that's Curtis. Um. Uh, start with Stromar. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, that's kind of what I was feeling as well. Uh, but I wonder. I mean, do they do they talk to other teams in terms of like what other teams are doing? Uh, I'm just kind of curious. Like, no, you no, you got to hide your strategy. Keep it close to the chest. And that's the thing. And you just don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, this is, I am ignorant on what the best strategy for this relay race would be. I, I feel like you're right. You want to keep that strongest person for the end. Uh, maybe, I mean, do you send Maddie out second? I would. Yeah, no, that's exactly, I would, I would do Strommeyer, Maddie. And then, you know, I'd probably look at maybe Clara um, and then, you know, go Vita, Dan Curtis. That's my quick, quick, quick picks. All right, I like it. We'll see how it. We'll see how it all. Um, it all flushes out on on Friday. Um, anything else we want to talk about before we? Uh... Wait, regarding the relay, one thing I forgot. How how do they do? What was the exchange procedure? They, they certainly weren't passing the baton. It was it. 
high five. It's, it's, it it's sort of like they, they set up this corral at the in the start grid. And then I think it's when there's a point where if you once you enter sort of cross the line into that corral, the next rider is released to okay. go. Yeah, I don't think it's like the American style where you tag tag your fellow rider in the exchange zone. Yeah. I mean I, I so I've I've done cross relay races before and um the 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 thing that we do is that you would you would you would you would chug a beer first, obviously. Um, if you're a kid, it was soda water. And then you would grab a unopened can and put it in your skin suit and then you do your lap. And then you had to pass that off to the next person. And they had to drink that one that was carried around and they would grab one. So everyone was shaking up the, uh, the beers or sodas for the next rider. In the mid Atlantic, when we had relays, I don't know, 15 years ago or so, all I remember is rubber sharks, like little toy rubber sharks that were the batons that you had to hand off to the next. Person. I like it. That's good. Oh, I like it. I like that. So maybe, maybe, maybe they can get some rainbow sharks and uh, yeah. implement that for years to come. But anyway, we got worlds coming up this weekend. I, I think it's uh, looking forward to being back in Ogreheide. Uh, yeah, and. Um, Boy, we're gonna have to figure out logistics on how we talk about this next week. That'll be the uh, that'll be the fun one. But yeah, um, if you have any uh, questions, comments, anything else, if you're not on the Slack channel, you can sign up for the bulletin at cxhairs.substack.com. And if you uh, are a paid subscriber, that gets you an invite to the Slack channel. If you just want to reach out to us, you can always email. Well, me, really, at feedback at cxers.com. If you have anything to say about the bulletin, Zach's on the CXers bulletin at gmail.com email. And I think I think that about does it. Anything else? Any closing thoughts? Michael, any other 15-minute uh, session we have to go through here? Uh, no. Uh, hot mic. That's all I got to say. Hot mic. Hot mic. <laughs> all right. We'll see you all next time. Dear cycling friends, we accept the fact that we have created the premier gravel and road racing podcast, and we don't think you're crazy to ask us who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a hobby blogger, a gravel pro, and a curious newbie. And you can find us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours the Grodio Podcast.